The Cy Youngs have been awarded, and soon the Otani race will begin. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and I finished five seasons. I'm going to do my six here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us every day at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter or whatever it's called now. And Instagram, I'm your pal Simon Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, letting you know that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing with a personal supply of five antibiotics, a treater of 50 infections. Get yours at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-C medical.com. And a little bit of house cleaning here. Oh, by the way, if you listen to us every day, let us know. Because if you post on all those social media sites, put in the hashtag Everyday Sully so I get an idea of who is out there listening. Also, one of the quick thing, I forgot to read the uh, the trivia answer the other day, and so I'm a little I'm a little backed up. So no one put in an answer to the uh, the trivia question for the Rockies, but uh, it turns out that I forgot to mention that John Murphy Jr. got the question of who was the first. Remember the Arizona Diamondbacks to finish in the top five of the MVP vote. And it was Matt Williams who finished third. John Murphy Jr. got it. Matt Williams finished third in the MVP vote in 1999 with the Diamondbacks. And now Matt Williams, who won manager of the year with the Washington Nationals back in 2014, is back with the San Francisco Giants where he belongs as a member of Bob Melvin's staff. Um, we're going to be having John Frisch from Lockdown Angels in the later part of this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the A's vote, about whether or not they're going to be heading to Las Vegas in an upcoming episode. Uh, we're also in an upcoming episode, probably one being dropped this weekend. We're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the tragic death of Peter Seidler of the San Diego Padres and the ramifications of his passing and what that might mean to the Padres moving forward. But first and foremost, let's talk about the Cy Young Award. Um, Garrett Cole was the unanimous Cy Young Award winner in the American League. Garrett Cole got 31st place votes. Uh, Sonny Gray, a former Yankee pitcher, got 22nd place votes and got in second place for his wonderful season with Minnesota Twins. Kevin Gosman was third. The other Cy Young candidates, uh, Kyle Bradish of Baltimore, Luis Castillo, of Seattle, Zach Eflin of Tampa. Uh, he, Zach Eflin, by the way, got one second place vote. Uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, George Kirby of Seattle, Framber Valdez got one fourth place vote and a couple of fifth place votes. Uh, Chris Bassett of Toronto and Felix Bautista and hey, Chris Martin. Look at that. Chris Martin of the Red Sox got one fifth place vote. For, so good for him. But Garrett Cole, look at people have uh, been critical of him on some of his seasons, but I have to say, I think for the most part, he has been an absolutely marvelous signing 
by the Yankees. And one, I, I don't understand why the Angels didn't throw everything in the world at them. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Angels in the second part of the show. But, you know, he's been... People got on him because he had a couple of bumbling starts in 2021, and he got you know, shellacked in the the um, wild card game in Boston. But the the last bunch of years, he's he's done what you would want from the for a Yankees starter. And think about how rotten the Yankees would have been this year if he didn't have the marvelous season he had. I think he's been a phenomenal signing for the Yankees. He's been everything you can ask. Um, Blake Snell got the National League Cy Young Award with 28 first-place votes. Uh, Zach Gallen got one first-place vote. Logan Webb of the Giants. I didn't expect I didn't expect him to get a first-place vote, but he did. Uh, Logan Webb finished second. Gallen fell from looking like a lock to win it to third place. Uh, Spencer Strider of Atlanta, Justin Steele of the Cubs, Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, Kode Senga of the Mets, and Corbin Burns of the Brewers the other ones in there and you know a couple of them may wind up playing for new teams this year when you look at some of the uh potential trades and also uh some of the free agents right there so you know good for uh good for snell and good for cole the remarkable career that cole has had with pittsburgh with houston and now with the yankees it's amazing this is his first Cy young award he very well could have won the Cy Young Award in 2019, his final year with the Houston Astros. It went to Verlander. I probably would have given it to Cole, but it was a bit of a coin toss. Certainly wasn't an issue of, you know, bringing out the pitchforks. And again, it's a lot easier to look at Verlander winning that year when, you know, Cole would eventually win. So Blake Snell has entered an interesting place of multiple Cy Young Awards. Now, who has won the Cy Young Award in the American League and the National League? For years, that was the easiest question to answer. It was one answer. It was Gaylord Perry. He won with the Cleveland Indians, and he won with the Padres. Then several other people won in both leagues. Pedro Martinez won with the Expos and the Red Sox. Randy Johnson won with the Seattle Mariners and with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, Roy Halladay won with the Blue Jays and with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Roger Clemens won with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Yankees and the Houston Astros. Back then, the Astros were a National League team. So joining that club is Blake Snell, who won with the Rays, now with with the Padres. All the other ones there are either Hall of Famers or Roger Clemens, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame. But Blake Snell enters that conversation. Is he a Hall of Famer? Um, I don't think so at this point, but I think he's starting to pad his resume. Uh, but it is interesting from, from this point of view, I think Garrett Cole and Blake Snell have one other huge thing in common. And that is they are both involved in one of the worst, in one of the worst managerial world series decisions of the last 10 years. Each of them had their own moment there and for completely different reasons. Well, not completely different reasons, but uh, certainly in an elimination game, the use of them turned into two of the great heads, you know, forehead slapping moments of the last 10 years. In 2019, the uh, Astros 
had the lead in Game 7 of the World Series and were looking to wrap it up against the Washington Nationals. And then uh, Anthony Rendon hit a home run off of Zach Grinke, and the Astros panicked, took Grinke, who was pitching wonderfully safe for that home run to Rendon, took him out, and next thing you know, Howie Kendrick hit a home run off of the right field foul pole, and suddenly the the Washington Nationals had the lead. But it was still a tight game. It was still a 4-2 game going into the ninth. And the Astros had Garrett Cole in the bullpen. Potential Cy Young Award winner Garrett Cole in the bullpen. He was warmed up. He never came into the game. And the Astros relievers in the ninth inning got tagged. And suddenly a 4-2 game became a 6-2 game. And in the end, it became a mere formality. And the Nationals won the World Series. Now, would the Nationals have won the World Series anyway? Maybe, but it's a lot easier to come back 4-2 than 6-2. And that's what happened when they didn't go to Garrett Cole. No one has ever given me an explanation that came within 400 miles of making sense of why Garrett Cole wasn't in that game. You use your best pitchers with the season on the line. Which brings us to the Blake Snell decision, which remains one of the infamous, disastrous managerial decisions of the 21st century. Uh, Blake Snell was throwing an absolute masterpiece on the verge of elimination, the Rays in the COVID series against Los Angeles. The Rays were hanging on for dear life and trying to force a game seven. And Snell was pitching a masterpiece, shutout into the sixth inning. When the spreadsheet told the manager, well, it's time to take him out while the guy's throwing a masterpiece. And the Anderson, the, the reliever who was brought in, was it? I think it was Anderson who was brought in um, to relieve Snell, had been tagged the last couple of games in the playoffs and was absolutely exhausted because why? Say it with me. They weren't letting their starting pitchers go deep, and their bullpen was absolutely zonked at the time. Yeah, it was Nick Anderson. And at that time, you know, that you know, the final line for um, Blake Snell was five and a third innings, two hits, no walks, nine strikeouts. He was charged with a run, but it was an inherited run score by Nick Anderson. It remains one of the worst decisions in recent World Series history, and there's no defense of it. And now... Now those two pitchers linked together with horrible World Series decisions are linked together as Cy Young Award winners. All right, so let's we're going to bring in John from Locked On Angels for the next segment. But first. You know, we spend a lot of time talking baseball. Of course, Sully's here five days a week on Locked On MLB. My brother Mike and I are here on Locked On Angels talking uh, baseball all the time and we get fired up about our favorite teams and we appreciate you that you're here with us five days a week and now we want to let you in on a little something from our friends at jace medical look you don't know when natural disasters are going to strike you don't know when there's going to be supply chain issues for the medications that you need now our friends at jace medical are here for you they have what's called the Jace case, and you can receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. They even have 
ED medications. So you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Ravascio. Uh, any of those prescriptions are available to you because of Jace Medical. So go to jacemedical.com today. Receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked on at checkout for a discount as well. If you or somebody you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of your any daily medication. Again, you don't want to be caught without your medication. Go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Use our promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Well, if you heard the Chase Medical read, then you probably know that John Frisch is here. And if you're listening to Locked On Angels, you know your pal Sully's here. So That's right. we are doing it. We are now in the midst of a Locked On MLB, Locked On Angels crossover. And, uh, well, <clears throat> no Angels announced in the Cy Young Award announcement earlier Not today. <laughs> uh, I think one is going to be there for the MVP. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Now the question is where... Will that uh, MVP be collected? Hey, but hey, uh, thanks for showing up, John Frisch. I love doing the crossovers with you as we're using. We're probably only, uh, what, a block from each other? Right, but, right. Uh, we could do this in person, but you know what? Just do it from uh, the office. Let's, yeah, let's go from the <laughs> office, exactly. And again, I love that when you wear your Angels hat, you're wearing the Rod Carew, Fred Lynn, Bobby Gritch. That's right. Doug DeSensei's. How many more of them can I name? Rupert Jones. I don't know. You're always getting the like lowest score on uh, on uh, what's what's the game? Uh, 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 the uh, Immaculate Grid. Yes, you it, always it, have it, the lowest percentages, man. You're I'll a rock exact, I'll tell you what it is. It, the, the secret is this: either a I've read recently some uh, uh, you know baseball history book where they'll mention someone and and their catcher that game was oh and I remember that catcher or something. But I also, I stared at the back of my top baseball cards growing up. And I sometimes just closed my eyes and I'm like, wait, what was the name of that catcher? What was the name of that catcher? What was the name of that catcher? And then it started with sort of Sal Butera's name will float up in the there air. You or, you know, us. Then I also, there's a couple of go-tos for me. Like um, Mike Morgan played for almost every team. Uh Doyle Alexander played for a ton of teams. Mike Torres played for a ton of teams. Dan Schatzeter played for a ton of teams. So you can always throw those guys in. And my favorite thing to do with it is when you throw a Hall of Famer in. Right. But for teams, it's like, you know, who was a White Sox and a Giant? Steve Carlton. Right. Hold on. I'm going to write some of these down. For <laughs> yeah. <time>. You know, <laughs> who was a Giant and a Met? Warren Spahn. What? You know, the one I did, who was a Tiger and, a, and an Astro? And I said, Eddie Matthews, who played who played for the Boston, Milwaukee, and Atlanta Braves, but kicked around at the end of his career. I nice. love when you can, when you can dig someone like, yeah, like uh, you know, dig anyone up. The hardest one for me is the Silver Sluggers, because mm. I never, I don't pay attention to Silver Slugger now. Right. So, I get, so that's what I get, like, geez, I'm... I'm guessing Gary Sheffield, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like playing that. And I send it, I, I send it to all the locked on hosts. And I send it to my cousin, Dave, but this isn't locked on immaculate grid. This is, this is, this just shows the mentality of an angel fan that they're just desperately trying to change the subject. Put off the, put off the topic <clears throat> as long as we can. Hey, right? I'm going to talk about something positive first. Uh, I love the hiring of Ron Washington. Yeah. I think that that's a great hire. 
Uh, I think this is a partly in response to the success, the recent successes of Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy to say, mm-hmm. hey, what if we get a manager who's actually done it before? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's had, who is respected throughout the game. And I think something that, <clears throat> it's funny, I think Ron Washington, this is just, bear with me for a second. I think mm-hmm. we just did uh, yesterday's show, if you listen, we had uh, Paul Holdon from Locked on Rockies. I actually thought Ron Washington would have been a great manager for the Rockies hmm. because that team needs to have airtight defense, mm-hmm. thin airtight defense, but airtight <laughs> defense go. because they're never going to develop a great pitching staff. So make sure you don't give up runs with, with a porous defense. And Ron Washington, as we all saw from the movie Moneyball, um, is really, really good at getting the most out of his infielders. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we're going to see from when he goes to Anaheim is that we're going to see that I bet you're going to see a tighter D. I bet you're right. going to see you're going to there are young players on this Angels team who you better hope will flourish soon and and, and we'll give them, you know, you know, uh um if if they're saving runs I think that's going to be a, a very big step for the Angels to inch towards respectability. It's not going to be hard, Sully. Last year, they were 23rd in all of baseball in UZR or Ultimate Zone Rating. That's mm-hmm. kind of the you know a catch-all for defensive metrics. They were 25th in fielding percentage last year and 27th in outs above average. So uh, they cost themselves a lot of unearned runs. There were 91 unearned runs and Patrick Sandoval would like, I don't know about eight or nine starts starts back because of all the unearned runs that happened on uh, during one of his starts. But that's a, that's a big reason why Mike and I are thrilled to have Ron Washington. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that that infield defense is going to be improved. And and then you think about guys like Zach Neto at shortstop, uh, Nolan Shawnawell at first, even Logan Ohapi behind the dish. I think it's just going to be so good for those guys who are like all in their early twenties to play, under Ron Washington. Right. And the biggest thing too, is the culture has just been in the dumps. I mean, Mike and I try to keep it positive. We try to keep it light. And sometimes you have to call out the crap that you see with the organization and the culture has just been in the dumps. And I think Ron Washington is going to bring some renewed enthusiasm to, (laughs) to the angels because look, I mean, Phil Nevin, fine guy, but he was just a holdover. They were, they were going to sell the team. And then they said, uh, you do it, you know, and <laughs> picked picked a Phil Nevin last year. And so to have a legit manager, I think, is is very exciting for the Angels fans. Now, here's where I am a little nervous for the Angels. Now, and again, whenever I say anything critical of a team, inevitably some of the YouTube comments will say, well, you just hate the insert your name. Here. <laughs> you know, you, uh, just the, your venomous hatred for the Brewers is showing up here. <laughs> Nobody. Hates I always the knew Brewers. you hated the Brewers. I Nobody that. hates the Brewers. Um, I I am not an Angel fan, but I want the Angels to win. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, you still want that with 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 Otani possibly being gone and and <clears throat> yes. Trout, Trout lingering. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, because I live in Southern California and baseball, sure. and, and, and it's more interesting when the local teams are good. Also, Mike Trout is still there, mm-hmm. and I want Mike Trout to win a ring. And it would be best if he won a ring as an angel. Mm-hmm. You know that that he he is already the greatest angel of all time. Um, he's he's going to the Hall of Fame even if he doesn't play another game, right? Um, and 
and I, you know, but to have, you know, if he signed with the Cubs and won a World Series with the Cubs, or if he signed with the Giants, or God forbid the Dodgers and won a World Series there, and then that's kind of the Paul Molitor, Dave Winfield sort of. You went to another team, you picked up a ring of which, <clears throat> you know, I those those that's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. like people belittle that. In the case of Molitor and Winfield, Molitor was a World Series MVP, and Winfield got the game-winning hit from the clincher. So, right. you know, they earned they earned that that ring. But it's like you know, Pudge Rodriguez, Hall of Famer, you know, played the majority of his career with Detroit uh, with uh, uh, Texas, played a giant chunk with Detroit. He won his ring in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's kind of weird. And I don't want Trout. I want Trout to be the one winning that title with the team that he played his whole career. Right. Right. And him staying with the Angels instead of going to free agency where he could have gone to Philly, he could have gone to New York, he could have gone to all these other places. He wanted to win there. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that happen. Yeah, he's, definitely. He's the best player of the 2010s. Obviously, he's not. He he's probably in the back nine of his career right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of and, – and he's lost his – it's not official yet. And we'll get to that. But he's lost his uh, his cohort in the MVP race, mm-hmm. and you know I just I I I want to see him win, and I think I thought the Madden signing was tremendous when they brought in Madden, but there was a culture in that in that team, and I would love to see someone else buy the team because I yes. think <laughs> you know it reminds me of Steinbrenner in so many ways, and not in a good way, right? But yeah, I want to see him win. Like because I think it'd be good for baseball to have its best player. There is no Mike Trout game, right? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. Someday. Well, and you make an interesting point. Just because when they brought in Joe Madden, we were all excited too, and then his the, the, the GM Billy Epler was fired during or right after Joe Madden's first year. They bring in Perry Manassian. That doesn't work out after the first year. And so Joe's let go. They have Phil Nevin take over for the next year and a half. Perry Manassian has never hired the guy that he wants to hire. Right. And now I I said this on our show, Mike and I have been very kind to Perry Manassian because of the circumstances. And we like, we like the way he's drafted and he's done some good things. His free agent signings have been pretty hit or miss, but we've been very kind to him. But now that he's had the opportunity to hire his guy that he wants in the dugout. If there's, mm-hmm. if there's interference from the front office, if there's tension, if we hear any of that nonsense, it's like, Perry, this is the guy you picked. And so this is your chance to go out there and get it. And if it falls apart this time, that's on you, man. <laughs> if there's disconnect between you and your own manager that you hired, that's yeah. going to be on you. Well, and I think they got someone who is just universally respected. Oh yeah. And will bring, I mean, it's beyond his energy. I mean, it's like, you know, Dusty Baker brought a sense of, you know, calmness to the turmoil that was the, the self mm-hmm. turmoil mm-hmm. in Houston. But also, it's beyond the fact that he, the calmness, Dusty has won wherever he went. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing Bochi in to Texas brought a professionalism, but he also took the Padres and the Giants to the World Series. Mm-hmm. So Washington is beyond just a respected man and and brings a sense of excitement. But he he t- 
first the first two pennants in Ranger history were under his watch. Right, right, and back to back, back to back <laughs> years, and and was one Nelson Cruz leap away from winning right. the World Series. Right. Um, yeah, and by the way, Ranger fans, you can watch those clips now. That's all. That that that's. that's it, it can't hurt you anymore. It can't hurt you anymore. It can't hurt you anymore. But, I saw the Washington because you know I actually also thought you know there was there were Showalter rumors, and I felt they needed to have the, this was not a, a situation for a rookie manager. Hmm. I really felt they needed a manager who had managed before. Yeah, yeah. And there were you know Showalter's name was kicked around. There's some other names uh, that kind of came up here or there, but the Renicky and yeah, Renicky yeah. was one. Again, not none of those would have been bad choices. But I just felt that the Washington choice was I mean, that was ideal. I think that was probably the best for for this team. When when Phil Nevin was let go, he was somebody that Mike and I were really excited about, and we got worried because none of the none of the rumors, none of the tweets, none of the insight had Ron Washington tied to the Angels or even mm-hmm. imagined him coming over to the Angels until the very last I want to say week before he was hired. Suddenly it was mm-hmm. like Ron Washington's part of the conversation. We were very excited about that. And we were also kind of of two minds. We were like, well, you can get an experienced manager to help guide the young guys along, or you can get a guy like they were talking about Darren Erstad, Torrey Hunter's name came up, Tim Salmon. You'd have a young guy, you know, kind of row with this team. And so it looked like it was going to be one of those two directions, but I feel like we hit the jackpot with, with Ron Washington for sure. I think absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about the Otani situation. I wanted to tell you first that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We're going to talk also a little bit about FanDuel because you got to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, under, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. All right. <clears throat> Time to take your medicine. <laughs> we, we stayed as positive as we could. We talked about Immaculate Grid. We talked about Bobby Gritch. We talked about Ron Washington. Okay. Otani. Otani time. Let's talk Otani. Um, I have a better chance of signing with the Angels. Than <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were going to say you have a better chance of signing Otani. No, well, yeah, with all I your use, millions. Yeah, well, I, I get that Chase medical money, so that's coming. Um, yeah, uh, Otani's. We all know it. The minute they had to Photoshop someone else's face of the team picture, uh, that's a that's that's a bad sign when you can't show up for the team picture. Uh, you cleaned out the locker, I think, in July. Um, late I, August. Late August, I know. I'm ex- exaggerating a little bit. Um, I, so, you know, you and I were on over the summer. I had the Super Halo Brothers on. 
And uh, I was saying, I thought they should have traded him. Mm-hmm. You know, what you could have gotten from him, you were never going to get dollar for dollar. Mm-hmm. But you're now going to get a draft pick. <clears throat> and I, I, I'm, I, I admired that they went for it, except the fact that it was stupid. And I said it was stupid then. I said you had to do one of two things, sign him or trade him, because the worst-case scenario is happening. He's gone. To quote Holland Oates, she's gone. <laughs> um, I think it was about this situation. Um, and, you know, this – he is going to go – everything seems to point towards the Dodgers, which makes me think he won't sign with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I think the two play. He, he may go to the LA, the other LA, but um, I think San Francisco is is a real potential landing spot because they are salivating to make a big splash in yeah in many ways. And one, they tried to sign Correa, they tried to sign Judge, um, and also the Cubs are an interesting case. Mm-hmm. Um, there is talk that uh, he may be amenable to a short term deal. I think so he could get his value back up as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if I were a team like Baltimore, I would pounce on that. Yeah. You can't get him long-term, but if you get him two years with this window of opportunity, you know, what are we doing? I was, I urged the Orioles to trade for him last year, mm-hmm. but um, where do you think he's going? And are you just sort of numb right now? Like not even, it's not even going to be painful. Yeah, I, I'm not bothered by it. I mean, I understand his his desire to win, and I understand that he's wants to find that somewhere else. But at the end of the day, nobody really knows what Shohei is going to do. I mean, all of the rumors. I think I saw the Braves the other day. Shohei was intrigued by the Braves. Who wouldn't be intrigued by the Braves, right? Yeah. Uh, but man, he he's always been such a mystery. So I don't know exactly which team he's going to land in. But I know which teams. Makes sense. I mean, when you bring up the Braves, I'm like, yeah, far and away from the AL West, please. Like, as long as it's not another AL West team. And I've seen Mariners. I've seen uh, Rangers. I've seen all of that. He's and not going to so, be Rangers. It's not going to be Rangers. And so, yeah, I mean, but that's, again, it goes back to your point of all of the speculation and, and everywhere that he's been, you know, kind of tied to and whatnot. All of that to say, I think that if he comes back, great. I also think that, if the angels are able to I want to say reset, because that makes it sound like Otani is part of the problem and he's not, and he never was. But I think we talked about this the other day, the team identity solely was we got to get Otani and trout to the playoffs. We have to do everything we can to get trout and Otani to the playoffs. And that's not an identity. And that's not an identity. A team can run with. That's just desperate. And, and now that Ron Washington is here and maybe he can help guide these young guys that we're excited about. And not a lot of people are talking about. I saw them get mentioned on MLB network. Um, but I, I kind of wonder what this team looks like when you have the DH spot available, when you go back to a five man rotation. And even if they, even if they struggle next season, I will happily watch every game because it means that I'm getting to watch young guys like Ohapi and Neto and Sean Noel and Chase Soseph, watch these guys grow and actually take the time to develop instead of being so desperate that you call up the guy that you just drafted in June to come play for you 
in September. And and don't get me wrong, I like Sean Owell, but but the last five, six years have just reeked of desperation. And the funny part is they're so desperate yet they only went over the luxury tax at the trade deadline in the last six years that they had Shohei Otani. It just, yeah. I mean, it all points back to Artie Marino. It all pe- points back to the style of business that they run in Anaheim. And the fact is, you know, if Otani came back, great. We have Otani back and we have the young guys that we're excited about. That's fantastic. But at the same time, I think you get a little bit more flexibility with letting some of these young guys play. And if they try to go for it again, it's going to drive me nuts. And the reason I say that is because I'm going into next season. No expectations. I just want to see these young guys play and I want to see them get good and develop. I want to know, is Joe Adele legit? He's only 24. He's came up in the league and when he was 20 and people are all ready to move on from him. But I'm like, he's, he's 24. Like, yeah. like, don't move on from a number six top 100 prospect, you know, and 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 throw him out the window. But these are the things that the Angels have to answer. They have to take this opportunity. If they can't sign Shohei Otani, they have to take this opportunity to look at the young guys and find out what they have and let those guys do their thing on the field. I can't agree with you more. I think that there's – I think that something's – you're going to see something that happens with the Angels. I don't think it's going to be reflecting – in their win-loss record. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have a similar win-loss record they've had the last few years. Mm-hmm. But I think there has been a a a weight lifted from this team. Mm. Even if it wasn't lifted for a positive reason, it's kind of like, okay, that thing I've been really worried about the last bunch of years is no longer there. Mm-hmm. So there isn't the sort of, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Right. I mean, it, what they should. I mean, in retrospect, they should have traded Shohei Otani last year, in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, because they would have. If someone have a year and a half of Otani, you probably would have gotten three blue chippers in return. But For they sure. didn't. They didn't. Yeah. And we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. But now you can brush your teeth. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that analogy means, but it made sense in my head. Well, and, and, and going, I, going I, back I, to. It, I think that just saying that before we wrap up here, I th- I think that going through a season without that sense of desperation, I think it's going to go a long way in making it a more peaceful season in Anaheim. It's going to be a lot more fun to watch and not every game is going to be live or dying by, you know, game one and right. game 56 and game 68. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, look at John Frisch. Uh, tell people where they can listen to your terrific show. Yeah, get at us. Uh, just search Locked on Angels on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, SiriusXM, Spotify. You can find us at Locked on Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. All right. And before we go, we got ourselves uh, follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Simon Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, let's go through our trivia question. Uh, Mike Trout leads many of the categories of all-time hitting stats for the Angels, but not most hits. Now, I know you know the answer to this, John Frisch. What Angel holds the team record for most career hits? That's simple enough question. So put your question, put the answers in Twitter, or whatever it's called now, or down here in the YouTube comments. Talking about the Angels and getting the devil off their back and saying, hey, look, they may not be better than next year, but at least we can exhale and say, we know what's going on. This has been a Locked On MLB, Locked On Angels crossover. He's John Frisch. I'm your pal, Sully. There you go.